Kia ora tiwi. welcome back to Under the Whāraki. I'm Tahu. And I'm Anatola. And today we are talking about depression and anxiety. We have a beautiful guest with us today. I'm going to get her to introduce herself to, to us. Oh, well, kia ora. I'm Alia. I am a mama. Um, I currently live in the Waikato, but originally from Te Wakipai Whenua, North Shore. Um, but, yeah, and I'm in social media management and content creation. And, yeah, that's me. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That is, I've never heard that name for North Shore. Te Raki Pai Whenua. Te Raki Pai Whenua. That's the name for North Shore. Mm-hmm. Right. Great. Yeah. To know. That's good. Something anyway. new every day. Yeah, actually, there you go. Yeah. That was off the girl, bat. eh? Te Raki Pai Whenua. <laughs> no. Okay. Um, no, no, no. Don't hold that against <laughs> me. Fine. All right. So, on the show, we like to start with an icebreaker. It's called Jena or Na Ye. Mm-hmm. Well, it's actually called Jena Na Ye. Yena or na ye, you get to choose um, which side of the statement you are on. If mm-hmm. you're in agree or in disagree. Yeah, and sometimes we're like a strong yes, strong no, but... Yena means obviously no. Yeah. yeah. Na ye. Okay. Pretty key. <laughs> you got okay? this. Yeah, got it. Here's the statement of oh the day. Is it okay to put milk in the bowl before the cereal? Yena. Yena? Na. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? It just doesn't make logical sense. Nah, I'm with you. Yeah, nah. Like what? Because I feel weird. like the cereal would like float on top of the milk. Exactly. And it just, you want your cereal to be in the milk. Right. Yeah. yeah. But honestly, not soggy. But not soggy. So, so you, you have, have a time fast. limit. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I honestly think it's going to be a question that psychologists ask like sociopaths. Do people <laughs> actually do like, that? Like serious. Like, well, I reckon. It's weird. Wait, what do you do? <laughs> no, no, no. I'm also, I would like to actually like go against it and just be that guy that does it, but I don't. So. We go against the grain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate it. So yeah, I, I reckon maybe um, the only reason I wouldn't do it is because like if you're pouring your cereal into already milk, it wouldn't be splashing around. The milk would be splashing back. You know? <laughs> but the other thing why I would actually want to is because I often put too much milk right. in my cornflakes. So if you knew the amount of milk that's in there and then you pour your cornflakes in. I think it also depends on the, the cereal too. I think it's the other way. <laughs> it's the other way. <laughs> Look, I'm talking, just trying to come up with a conspiracy theory. You're just talking about your arms. Cocoa Pops. Yeah, Because right. the milk turns to chocolate. Yeah. So that's the only thing that I would... <laughs> Logically, I'm like, I would put Maybe heaps of milk. Work. Wait, so do you like more pops. milk or more cereal? I'm a milk. milk. More milk? More Depends milk. on the cereal. Right. Right. See, all the context is important. Yeah. See? Right. Okay. What, what is a vegan cereal? What? Sorry, she's a vegan. I've been asking these questions. She's a vegan. <laughs> yeah. she's, sorry. Yeah, she Don't worry about my friend. She's, she's, she's vegan. <laughs> Yeah. Is most cereal (laughs) vegan? No. No. Um. So um. I'm so boring. I love porridge. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I love porridge. Like banana, berry, syrup. All my favorite. Um. But there's like just. You don't have a milk ratio. No. I'm just like. Nah. Wait. Um, Do you have alternative milk? uh, Oat milk. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you like oat milk? I like oat and coconut milk. Oh, and coconut. Yeah. I'm. I'm. Yeah. I'm an island girl. Coconut (laughs) milk is where it's at. Um. So those two are my favorite. But there's like just right. Okay. Just like. Yeah, <laughs> you said it. You said it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. and it's like granola though. I don't mind granola, but a it has good to granola. Be like, it has to be good. Like, it can't like a be good like, Hubbard's granola. Oh, a Hubbard's. Yes. You know why? Because they don't make it too like they add like so much sweet stuff in mm-hmm. it too, so it's nice. But that with like yeah. maple syrup. Oh, on top. 
I don't know why I think sh gorgeous. Shut up, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so our next one is that um, we're doing a pop quiz. So you've oh, got yes, questions, and we have some fancy, fancy, yeah. fancy, fancy whiteboards. So fancy, Correct. so fancy. Oh, where's my pen? Oh, oh no. Oh, right <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, and we are going to write on these, write on these whiteboards our answers, and mm -hmm. then we're going to have a little chat about them. Cool. Yeah, let's do it. It's a great learning right. thing for us too, because a lot of these episodes we have not known much. Yes. And it's good though, education. Right? Exactly. Right. Okay, round one. What dun, dun, proportion dun. <laughs> of New Zealanders have a personal experience of mental distress? What proportion <sighs> of New Zealanders? This is really interesting. Oh. One and four. One and three. Correct. Ooh. One and three. Remember, you weren't listening to Ty yesterday. Is it Ty? <laughs> <laughs> that is why I win all of these. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Oh, oh, I see. Great. Okay, yeah. Oh, not that. It's great. <laughs> no, it's no, not great. No, it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> it's not great that I got the point. You got it right. Yeah. 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 Okay, so one and three. That's so many people, man. Yeah, that's so many people. Mental distress. <gasps> that would be like. That's sad. That's sad. I wonder what it looked like. Is this like from pre-COVID or post-COVID? No, that's I'm what I'd be sure. in, 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 interested to see if that's changed at all. Has it gone high? Has it gone lower? Like, 100%. But you know? also, what is mental distress? Yeah. Because like, I get distressed not finding my keys. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. what is the scale of Is it any scale or is it yeah. like a certain scale? Right. Yeah. No, Ooh. but... Oh, oh, yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to... Yes, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, Next yeah. question. Okay. Thank you. Round two. One and three. That's it. What percentage of people in New Zealand know someone who experiences mental distress? What percentage? Yeah, of people in New Zealand know someone who experiences mental distress. <laughs> Bro, honestly. I've gone very high. I've gone high too. 72%. Oh, I went 70%. Uh, okay. It's actually 77. <gasps> yeah. But we're in the 70 mark. You guys, yeah. yeah. The idea was there. Yeah, that's exactly. Great. That's really high. That's, that's really so high. high. And imagine how like stressful that would be on someone that knows someone. Oh my god. Like yeah. the mental yeah. heaviness that you have to carry oh. as well. Does it's that such turn a into mental distress? Exactly. Right? right. Maybe that's why it's high. Yeah. Who knows? And it's wild because for something so common, we're still struggling to talk about it. Yeah. Yet it's so prevalent and visible in our communities. And 77%. It's 77%. And also, like, we focus a lot on, like, people experiencing mental distress. We don't often focus on how to equip people with the tools to support mm. and affi those who have ex who experienced it. And protect it. their wider at the same exactly. time, right? Exactly, yeah. Mm. It's, yeah. Intense. Round three? Let's mm -hmm. do it. Okay, true or false, mental distress is higher amongst young people. Say that again, say it again. True or false, mental distress is higher amongst young people. True. <laughs> false. Whoa. Before I say who's right, why false? Because I think that we often focus on young people experiencing mental distress, but we don't often talk about people who are experiencing it later on in life. 
Hi. Mm. I know that's just my thought. I'm I'm probably I Way might be wrong, but I just think yeah, and I think that older people, people struggle with it a lot more than our generation today, who are our rangatahi, because I think we're bringing we're we're of the generations that are trying to do better with it. But I don't mm. think our older ones have the tools to talk about yeah. it. I All the feel mindset. like maybe the the our older ones weren't as, aren't as vocal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they're, they've 100%. experienced it. They just don't have the words for it, and also like the pain and the shame and yeah. the generational like like silencing of it all. I think. Mm. Well, it's true. Yeah, oh. yeah. Um, 15 to 24-year-olds have the highest rate. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy, eh? Wild. Did you think that's your glory days? But then there's also a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. In that, those time frames to get your life right. And you're yeah. only like, totally. you're only a baby, technically. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay, round four. What proportion of the population experience medium to high levels of mental distress? Percentage. Proportion. Proportion. Medium to high levels of mental distress. Of the population, whole population, or of the people who are mentally distressed already? Population. Okay. <sighs> I said one in three. Whoa, I went one in <coughs> ten. One in five. Wow. wow. Yeah. Because I think, like, when I think of medium levels of anxiety and depression and whatnot, I feel like we don't often think about that level, though. Mm. Like, I think we focus a lot on, like, the high, high levels. So we don't just, like, yeah. I don't know where I was going with that, but that's just my thought. I was thinking, I think I heard this question wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hey, actually thinking. You gave it a go. Yeah. That's all that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It wow, sad, that's that's wild. I think like um, although numbers aren't important, it's interesting to look. We've seen a lot of numbers the past few days. Like it's interesting to see the numbers about some of these issues because it's just like it's really confronting. Yeah. And like when you scale it down to that, you're like, oh, I know people. Like mm. th- like if we're thinking about a number of people in a room, like well, there's literally five of us. In the exactly, room right now. it makes yeah. it so much more real. Yeah. Um, when you can see it that way, like that's. Although I, th- I do think like stories are better to humanize the yeah. experiences. I think numbers are helpful to see like the realities yeah. of well, how bad it is. Even just me like reading that out loud now, I, there was a moment where you guys were writing your answers and I went, oh yeah, I'm not alone. Right. Like, right. One in five, like I was kind of like, oh yeah, I'm not crazy. It's very yeah. likely yeah. actually, yeah. 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 Anyways, well, I'm not going to cry already. No, no. yeah. <laughs> not in your pop quiz. <laughs> 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 this is my pop quiz. <laughs> Was that the last question? No, there's one, one more. more. Okay. okay. What proportion of the population will be affected by an anxiety anxiety disorder sometime in their life? Can you say the question again? I sure sorry. can. What proportion of the population will be affected by an anxiety disorder sometime in their life? Wait, 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 I don't know. One in five? I went one in four. One in four. Oh, you're good at this. <laughs> 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 Man, that's crazy. That's wild. Anxiety, right? Like, that's crazy. Because, I mean, anxiety is so, it's such a, I feel like also it's a quite a broad thing. Like, people experiencing it so differently, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and. <sighs> not to like take it away from um, people who really do suffer from crippling anxiety and mm. stuff, 
but it's 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 getting more commonly uh, it is getting more exposed you know um, depression and anxiety than it ever has been yeah and it's being talked about more and do you think it might have a negative impact on some kids where they feel like it's trendy to be sad and I think so. and like they want to <laughs> be a part of that step because like everybody else is sad mm. and they all dealt with some life crippling thing when they've changed and grown from it yeah. that they want that experience yeah i think so yeah what i've seen especially in my own whanau because a lot of us actually have anxiety and depression through our whanau um you can see some that are like super super happy and then there's just a point where they're like oh i need to be sad like everyone else it's like no you don't go live your life go yeah. be happy like you, you're fine but i think yeah there's that <coughs> that trending society and i think also social media plays a huge huge um part of part that, of anxiety and depression at the moment there's a lot of escapism and a lot of like <coughs> yeah totally. other things that just um blow it out of proportion for humans really. in general eh? yeah i yeah. think also like when it comes to young people i feel like we're still figuring out how to differentiate between depression and sadness mm. like yeah. depression is like an actual like diagnosis mm -hmm. of a mental health you know experience mm -hmm. and although we all have mental health obviously we have different levels and experiences 100%. that contribute to it right but i feel like when i'm feeling sad i know that that's not depression like yeah. it's just some of these days i wake up and i'm sad and i'm allowed to sit with it and yeah. experience mm. it as a human yeah and i think sometimes because you see something you're like oh you want to name it so you can be like oh see i'm not like yeah. losing it like there's a name for it like this is this is what i can mm. title it to make sense of it and mm. i can explain it better to people whereas like oftentimes when people are like i have depression i'm like what does that mean yeah. like I, it's not because i'm describing it i want to know like what does that look like for you mm. yeah. what does that feel like for you right yeah it feels like it feels quite different for every single person and it's based on their experiences eh so like for you what what has what what is what does it mean when you say depression and anxiety for you what what does that look like for your day-to-day -day life and how okay. it's come up in, in, as an experience for you yeah if you so, feel comfortable yeah, yeah of yeah, course yeah. um well for me i was actually first diagnosed with minor depression when i was 15 16. Mm. um and <clears throat> my parents actually thought it was just me being sad mm. <laughs> and <Yeah>. um <clears throat> especially back then like i say back then like i'm old but um, back then even like mental health wasn't really spoken about still yeah. and it was really tough for my teen years and early 20s even then it was still hard for me to talk about what anxiety and depression looked like for me yeah. um, but now my day-to-day -day, I guess for anxiety and depression my anxiety is actually probably my main uh, disorder I say that mm. in the way that it is um, that manifests itself quite often day to day. Right. Depression is one that um, manifests itself when I'm very in a deep and dark place. And that's when there's a lot of stuff that I can't handle or can't process. Mm. But as I've gone through therapy, I've um, figured out how to um, coping mechanisms, like they don't really work for too long, in my opinion. Well, for mm. me, they didn't. And I was doing a lot of that. <laughs> Once I learned how to breathing techniques, how to process emotions and right. process what's reality and what's not, then I was able to kind of work through it. So I think um, for me, day to day, it's more so my anxiety that manifests itself. I haven't had a huge depression low probably in about six months. Mm. It's been really good, yeah. I'm off my meds, I'm off, yeah. Wow. So yeah, I've tried not to rely on meds yeah. um, from the beginning. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, because once I had my son, I got diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety and severe PTSD. So it's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. um, But there's nothing that I can't do. And I've learned, yeah, I guess out of everything, I've learned resilience um, through it all. Yeah. So what was your experience with medication? Sorry, Tafu. What was your experience with like medication? You only were medicated for depression? Yeah. Oh, for anxiety and depression. And both, right. Yeah. Um, I hated it. They tried me on two different pills and they made me feel sick. Mm. Like I wanted to vomit. And I'm someone that I like to listen to my body. And if something doesn't sit right with me, same with contraceptive pills. Like they just don't sit with me at all. And Mm. I think it was hard because I really tried to push myself because of how suicidal I was and Mm. how having a baby at the time that needed me I was like I need to be here I need to be here and I was like I need to take these pills but they make me feel like shit like how do I how do I flip the two and um my therapist was amazing she's um a Maori therapist down (laughs) in the Waikato thank you (laughs) um and she is very much in tune with um, we're on the same level of like spirituality, listening Hi. to your your body and um, being um, tipuna led is something that I like live by now. And she was like, "What's what do you feel like? What's what's being told to you yeah. and your truth?" And I said, "I need I can't do the medication. I can barely function as a human, let alone a, a mama. And if I'm sick, like I can't even do that." And she was like, okay, I'll support you as much as I need to. And literally that's what we did. So she gave me different um, techniques, breathing techniques. Um, There was one that really got me good where um, if I had a really low day and I felt like I was raging, like I don't know how to explain it, but it's like I would see red and I would, there were moments where I was literally banging my head against the shower because I just wanted to stop Uh. the feelings like, it feels really like mum might just say it out loud because it sounds crazy, but yeah, there were moments where physically I was trying to hurt myself too, but not kill myself, but hurt myself so that I could stop thinking about the heaviness of how I was feeling. But she had one um, one little technique where you get a wet flannel and you pop, you pop it in the freezer. And when you get to a low point, you pop it on your forehead and there's something chemically in your brain that just stops it from thinking <laughs> like right. stops it it's like, holy fuck cold it's cold like, cold yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, like yeah. breathe yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so um that one was super helpful yeah. for me and got me out of like some really dark moments and then once i was able to maybe mentally i guess mentally i'd go i'm grabbing the flannel and i'm putting it. rather than I mean, actually yeah. doing it i was able to process mm. kind of trick my brain yeah and mm. yeah so that was my transition really into getting off the meds and wow yeah yeah wow very brave sharing yeah. that Thank good you. on you yeah it's hard because and because it's recent yeah literally so you're still <laughs> it's still something to work through today and i think um oh, i've pushed this narrative a few times on everyone um through the week we've had this discussions come up a few times and like i've i've gone through um a depression state before Mm. um not where i was diagnosed um but i I knew i was in the pool i Mm. knew i was in the darkness and i knew um that there was something i needed to change but the thing i've i've come to learn that's worked for me 
is recognizing my pain, my mamai, or my sadness, and knowing that it's not actually wrong mm. to feel that way. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the stigma of people where <coughs> everything has to be light and everything has to be fun and everything has to be happy, but the fact of the matter is, shit sucks sometimes. Yeah. Like, it just 100%. sucks. It's yeah. just shit. It's just, it's just shit. shit. It's just all shit. around. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's okay for shit to be shit. Yeah. Exactly. Like, because, yeah, and there's no, like, actual, like, oh, this is how you get better. This is... And another thing that I feel is hard for me um, when you're talking about your your um, experience is, um, like, all the diagnosis and stuff. I, I understand it's, um, it's helpful to, to know what, is actually going on with you but it's also a real western way of approaching it mm -hmm. and it sometimes doesn't fit for our indigenous people especially in Maori and Pacifica because in our um in our you know uh, what's it called culture in our culture um things like sadness and things like anxiety mm. things like um like those type of emotions, there's a different atua allocated to every emotion. Mm. And so like, if you're feeling fetal in those moments and you just fucking hate everything and just want to push everything away, not that fetal only does that, but that could be a trait of him, then just understand that's that atua coming through you at that time. Because mm. there's other times where you're ready and you're, that you're too much coming up and you need a fucking fight or you, or you need a scream or you need to punch the wall mm. and recognising that just because they say this is wrong, it might not be for you. Mm. Like, it's not wrong for you, eh? Yeah. You, you needed to, not saying that it's the right thing to do, but you needed to bang your head against that mm. door at that yeah. time because there was just too much hair that you needed to feel something yeah. somewhere else. 100%. And, and... Not that that's the right way to go, but all wrong way. Who knows? Um, not yeah. me. Not me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not the specialist here, but uh, maybe like that you going through those ways and you're just eliminating processes of how not to deal with it. Mm. And maybe you can find some way mm. better than hitting yourself against this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that has, hasn't happened for a very long time. Yeah, right? fine, I just thought fine. I'd put it out there. But that's a good way to, um, it's, that's a, a, a strong thing to share because I'm sure plenty of people go through that. Yeah where they just want to feel. Yeah. Just and allowing that, that yeah. those feelings too, because I think for me, um, even with you bringing up fetal, yeah. um, I'm still on my journey. I'm still on my, especially my decolonization like journey. Yeah. It's, oh. really, it's really, it's really, because I'm I'm not only Māori, but I'm also Pacifica, so I'm trying to like Navigate. juggle Balance. everything. Yeah. yeah. It's um, a whirlwind. It's, it's yeah, a it's a whirlwind. <laughs> so, um, okay. I've been um, trying to uh, learn more about maramataka. And oh. for me, Every time that I have felt um, really low or even like, it's like the bottle's fizzing a little bit and I'm like, ooh, I'm feeling a little bit off and I literally would check and I'd be like, fiddle. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Right. And it, it's really good because I'll check in every now and then and figure out where we are. Yeah. And I'm kind of like, okay, realign myself. Mm. And, and that's why I say like my, my therapist who's Māori as well has been really grounding for me. Having another indigenous wahine like want to back me up and say, listen to your body, yeah, and it's okay to listen to your body. Oh. So yeah, it's interesting that you say like in regards to like the westernization of the terms and everything, but yeah. also allowing us as indigenous people to really dig deep 
and yeah. be connected to who we are at the same time? I think it's massive because it's it's box ticking, mm. the Western culture. You know, it's yeah. like that's depression, tick. Mm. You've got this. Mm. This is what you have. And, and this here's is, medication. Yeah, and how, <laughs> here's how to fix it for us. Yeah. But mm. it doesn't necessarily work for us. And uh, like, if you think about all of our prophets and tohunga mm. back in the day, people today would say, schizophrenic, tick. Yeah. You know, those yeah. are your qualities. And the, the kupu we use, pōrangi, mm. um, to be like, the easiest way to explain that in Pākehā is mm. probably like crazy, yeah. that's how they translate mm. it, pōrangi. But if you look at the kupu and break it down, pōrangi, um, they're the people who move pōr night, rangi in the sky, they're the right. ones who travel in the dark mm. and they can see in a different realm that we're, what we're not seeing. Mm. So it's not that they're wrong or they're crazy it's that just that's their state that they move in mm. so yeah that's where i think understanding it from a maori perspective it's not like yeah. sorry that was beautiful like literally as you were saying that i was thinking of um so my grandmother she went through a phase after having one of her children and she ended up going to a mental hospital yeah and they were like, oh, she's crazy and she's poor dungy, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And I was kind of like, we've done some research on it and they actually thought something was wrong with her. And now as the younger generation coming through, we've had a corridor together as cousins and gone, she just had like postpartum depression mm. and anxiety. But yeah. yet she got put into a mental hospital. Mm. And so when you're saying that, I was like, I just wish my grandmother knew. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. <laughs> no, feel it, feel it. Because yeah, I crazy. feel like the, um, that knowledge is like really important and, and will ha like there's healing in that, that knowledge, right? Yeah. And mm. I think because of like obviously history, we've been stripped <coughs> from that knowledge. So to like also sit here and have all that knowledge of your like going through anxiety and depression, but also hearing this, it's mm. like, well, now you can like go out and reflect on it yeah. and like sit with it. And um, my question around like therapists, because I feel yeah. like. I feel like a lot of people like want to access this, mm -hmm. but it is quite inaccessible for a lot of reasons. Um, but I wonder, like, what was it like trying to search for one? Because <laughs> I, I, I know, like, for a lot of people, it's like mm. you have to kind of find yeah. someone, and like you have to kind of have a few rounds of yeah. it being really like shit. Mm -hmm. Like some people just <laughs> shit, yeah. and then like it takes like six or seven times until you find the person that clicks. But it's like you have to be, you have to persevere. Yeah, hundred like, percent. You have to sleep around. <laughs> So yeah. true. I didn't sleep around with my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> so how did you find this person and like um what 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 was the defining moment where you were like that's mm -hmm. that's who I need. I'm I, I'm sticking with her. Okay. So a little bit of I guess past talk about counselors and therapists. Yeah. Um we're gonna we're gonna go there. Um uh -huh. so being brought up in a certain religion for me, um, or organized religion if something was wrong with me mentally, they would have in-house church counselors or therapists. Mm. And it was very particular with what they would say. It was very like, keep you in a box and like stick to this. And then once I decided to go on my journey with stepping away from the church and organized, organized religion, um, instead of going to the church for mental help or confession session and explain how I'm feeling and then they get, you know, someone in-house to see me, um, I decided to go to my GP mm. and I went to my GP and my GP was awesome and he said, well, there's actually a um, maternity, it's 
like a maternity unit for Māori mama down mm. in the Waikato. Oh. And he was like, because you're Māori, you qualify for this, 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 and this. Um, we'll refer you on to these guys. So I went to them. Yes, some of them were Pākehā, but they were very much um, in our corner. They all, most of them spoke te reo Māori, and I felt comfortable with them being in my home. They came and visited with me, and they said, hey, we need to get you to a therapist. And I said, mm. okay, um, can they not be white? <laughs> yeah. I, I specifically said Absolutely. to them, because I felt like my journey in like decolonizing myself, that I needed someone to relate to me and my mamai, my deep mamai, especially in organized religion, mm. um, being conformed to a society or a group of people. I just needed someone to be on my level and understand. Mm. And they said, that's why we're here. Yeah. And so, yeah, they um, referred me on to, actually it was really interesting because they had two others that I was on the waiting list for. And mm. I was on the waiting list for six to eight months. Oh my god! Yeah, it was really long. That's so yeah. long. That's so yeah. long because like in between that, that's the when you need it. That's when I was banging my head. Oh like my I'm not god. lying. Like oh. it was really hard, and I think that's proof as to how much Maori therapists to me are needed. Absolutely. Um, here, here at home, because our people need our people at the same time. So, yeah. um, then I came across my therapist, and um, mm. I've only ever had online sessions with her. Oh. I've never actually met her in person yet. And I think when I do, it will be when I'm kind of finished. And I can feel my wairua telling me that, that that will be kind of like the seal. And she's always said, when we're finished, we're going to be friends. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I should nice. say that off the mic just in case. But not professional. But um, no, she's... I feel like anyone would want to be your friend, though. You're amazing. Yeah, no, but you But yeah, then I started talking to her over the few sessions and... Then I realized, you know, I love my therapist. Oh. Like, I feel like I'm so connected to her. Yeah. But I think if well, I maybe could. Maybe you shouldn't finish there. Yeah, I know. I'm like, like I've got to find something else to talk yeah. about. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> so this problem. Yeah. Um, and, this yeah. Girl, yeah, yeah. and then something else happened. And then, <laughs> oh my gosh. But um, she's so funny. Like, she'll message me and be like, um, my wider was telling me to check in with you. How are you doing? Whoa. I'm like, okay. I love that. Yeah. And literally, I'll be like, I'm at breaking point. <laughs> or like, because. Usually I was doing I was doing weekly sessions with her mm. and then it got to, okay, you're doing your own thing now. Like I can see that. You just message me when you need me. Then it got back to weekly again and then she's kind of backed off again just now recently mm. just to let me – I'm in the new season of life at the moment and I'm mm. really happy with where I'm at. And so, yeah, she's like, when you need me, just call me. So, that. yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty much in a state now where my therapist understands um, where I'm at and I think it's important for people to find that for their therapist. And it's okay to be picky. If you go to your GP, like, if one thing I can say is if you are feeling like you have symptoms of anxiety or depression, go to your GP. If you trust your GP. Yeah. If you, you don't trust, <laughs> if you don't trust your GP, change your GP first. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but I feel like if your GP is in your corner, then you're able to go Love forward that. and do your thing. So at the moment, my therapy is covered through ACC. Amazing. Yeah. It's fucking expensive. Eh? It's so expensive. So yeah. Bad. Yeah. So I think it's also people need to know their rights and, and yep. what they're entitled to totally. um, in regards to therapy here in Aotearoa because it's totally needed. Hence why the long waitlist. Yeah, waitlist. They're crazy. But yeah. Yeah. If that's anything I can say about therapy or anything, mm -hmm. it's just be picky. It's okay to be picky and yeah. ask the questions that you need to ask with your GP. Absolutely. Yeah. And to not be fucking my. Hard out. Mm. Like, 
what one and three one and five everything that oh. we've just said right yeah in the quiz i shared this with um, Tala before but around the stigma of going to therapy mm. um and you know like it's like oh you go to therapy something's wrong with you yeah like something's you're often. crazy yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and um i hear it a lot um with my friends at maori like we're all maori mm. and um uh, yeah i didn't hang around with too many pakeha not against Pakistan. <laughs> 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 but I just need to speak Māori. I just yeah. have to. It's yeah. <laughs> part of my life. And then, um, but the narrative I, I see coming from them is that like they wouldn't go to counselling because they don't want people to um, judge them. Mm. And I, I've learnt about um, different atua, Māori, especially, and thinking about Māori as a whole people anyway, Wānanga has always been a part of our mm. um, culture mm. and to talk through things, to discuss things, to break things down. But there's a atua in specific called Hine Kaurohia. Mm. And um, she, she was, she's the atua of, oh, well, not she, we shouldn't use genders for atua, but they <laughs> are the atua of reflective waters. And wow. yeah, so it's the reflecting waters and on Tane's journey to get... Um, the kete, the mm. three kete, um, the, what are they called? Kits of knowledge. Um, that on his journey, he, he called out to Hine Kaurohia and used her as a platform to wanang off as a counsellor. She was his counsellor through all of his journey. And they would sit together and reflect upon her waters about what's gone on in the past, what's working for him at the moment, mm. and what he can do better in the future. Yeah, and so it's literally in our so in, in our history. Yeah. yeah, to to find counsel, to seek wise counsel. Yeah, um, safe counsel. Safe too. counsel. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that space, and even you know, we stigmatize Tanya as this leader, big rangatira that didn't need any help. Mm. He himself needed therapy. Yeah, through this whole process. So yeah. it's something I think you should have no shame in. Yep. And something we need, because yeah. this fella needed, our literal atuas needed therapy mm. in our stories. More people need to know that. Yeah, Hard it's a real out. powerful story. Mm. Yeah. I just think more people need space, right, to, ex yeah. to, to talk through what they're feeling. And I don't think... We normalize that enough. Like, I we feel need to like, find narratives that fit yeah, us. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is. Yeah. And like, that's why it's beautiful to like sit here and like Tahu shares so much beautiful knowledge around, you know, being Maori and 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 I think that's so powerful because I think it really changes when we're able to be like, look, this exists. This yeah, is here. This is present. It's just like trying to find it and access it. Mm. Um, and that's why it's so important that we try to figure that out. Hundred mm. percent. You know what I mean? Like, um, when it comes to like you and your day-to-day -day, mm. what how, how how do you find your joy while experiencing this like what brings you joy mm. i think for me what brings me joy is practicing a lot of gratitude mm. <laughs> um i know i don't want to minimize my my mama because it's there for a reason Absolutely. and it makes me stronger yeah. but um my joy really is my son <laughs> I'm such a mama. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. But um, yeah, it's when I look at him, I see everything that I want for him. I see his future. I see, mm. and and with that future includes me. Yeah. And fine. I think where I, I have to go, 
I need to get my mental state right so that I can be, I can see him get married. I can see him Mm. go to university. I can see him go to school. You know, I can see him do these big achievements and mainly my son. I feel like I get a lot of joy from my son because I've worked really hard on my mental health, um, really for him, Mm. but also for me as well. I think a lot of mama, we forget that we're, we're women, like we're strong women and we have to give ourselves credit as yeah. well but um i guess day to day i've tried to be like meditation has been huge for me really yeah yeah because you have to sit with yourself and that can be so bloody confronting yeah. <laughs> even on the shit days and you're kind of like Fuck, i'm not okay yeah. right. but then you have to go actually i'm not okay right now mm. but let's move through this as safe and as like best as we can absolutely and do some deep breaths mm. life sucks but we're gonna keep going because yeah. that's why we're here and as i've learned to meditate through my dark moments or even like my self-doubt i've, I've found that i can actually carry a lot more heavier things now before i couldn't even do little heavy things yeah. now i can carry some pretty heavy days and yeah. i can go all right let's move on yeah yeah nice. we got so this. yeah so we i think it's learning this. how to for me day to day here we go trying to work through my emotions mm. and learn learn how i can cope with my own emotions yeah and sit with them and be Ooh. okay yeah did, did, if you don't mind me asking did the um when you got diagnosed with depression the first time mm-hmm. Did you have any idea where it stemmed from or? Oh, so there was a yeah. actual thing that's happened. Yep. So um, I have a past of, um, I guess, some childhood trauma, um, okay. both physical, sexual and mental. Uh, and I was in a pretty uh, rough relationship at the age of 15. Right. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, I, I was kind of thrown in the, the deep end pretty early. Um, and yeah, I just couldn't deal with it. And I think because we didn't really talk about trauma back then, it kind of just manifested through a really toxic relationship. And then from there, yeah, I just wanted to cark it majority of the time. Like a lot of my high school years, like literally up until I was 15, I was top of my class for English. I was, you know, overachiever in, Mm. in sports, like music same thing and then as soon as i hit 15 16 Changed. everything just dropped like mm. i barely scraped through <laughs> through the end of high school no. um but yeah for me that was my turning point and it's really interesting because even like up until a couple of years ago that same relationship was still triggering me as a full-grown adult mm. yeah and then on top of that so i'm adopted to my grandparents and my relationship with my biological dad mm. um being adopted in itself is quite um big thing to deal with yeah i try not to say like it's a big deal but there's for me it was so i'm not gonna minimize my my feelings but um the feelings of abandonment and so when you're in that it kind of cycles down into i'm alone i can't handle things. no one loves me and it Mm. and then Mm. that kind of spirals into that big deep pool um and yeah i think i was diagnosed with severe ptsd what ptsd like like post-traumatic yeah. Stress disorder. Yeah. Like yeah. Army PTSD. Yeah. That's, what it is. Yeah. that's what I know from. Yeah, 100%. So um, for me, I was having flashbacks from that relationship when I was 15, even when I met my ex husband. Wow. Yeah. Like there were, like, 
years and Can years I go on to this? Okay. Um, so there was like, when I first met my husband, he, well, my ex-husband now, but he couldn't actually put his hand around my neck and kiss me in an intimate way because I had a fear of being strangled. So like for a year, I'd kind of push him away and I'd kind of put my hand up or like, I'd literally like, yes, yeah, I've been treated a little bit. Um, I'd shake because I was I was scared, um, even intimate wise, like sexual abuse, being a victim of sexual abuse. Um, anyone trying to show you love, you're always on edge because you don't know what's gonna happen. Um, so yeah, I got diagnosed with severe PTSD um, last year. Wow. Yeah, because I don't know what it was. I kept having flashbacks yeah. and I could hear, like if I ever went back into a flashback, I would hear the memory around me mm-hmm. and I'd be in it and I'd be feeling it over and over again. Oh my gosh, yeah. And then once I have a flashback, then I would usually get triggered into a big depression bout or I'd be anxious. Literally, I wouldn't be able to recover from it for weeks. But now... Yeah. I have little coping mechanisms and Hi. little ways, tools, tools in my kit there for um, my PTSD. And I've, um, I'm in a new relationship now and I'm very, very safe and I'm very Hi. safe within myself too. And able to talk through it with yeah. your new relationship. Yeah. It's massive that you've gotten to the point where you can actually voice it, eh? Yeah. Because yeah. then you can start facing it. Yeah. And that's, that's like a really scary thing to mm-hmm. face something that you thought had been gone. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, because 15 you know it's really easy to like write those things off um especially for me like i, I just think when i was 15 i was just a little idiot <laughs> like there was like, literally nothing i had in my kids here at the time to help me about like those things i feel like you know well now they're obviously real yeah for you yeah um, but that's 13 years ago exactly. it's still affecting okay. me as an adult yeah so it's like what do you do how do you face it safely mm. where those triggers and stuff don't come back mm. as constantly i think for me like the therapy was huge because yeah. i learned how to talk about it out loud right in a safe environment with a safe person and now i like i mean you saw me my hand was just like yeah, shaking yeah. a little bit but i was able to go actually i'm safe yeah. i'm okay there's someone here that i've known since intermediate there's people that obviously give me good energy i'm i'm safe i'm where i am i'm safe um but being able to talk about it out loud has been really helpful for me mm. it's different for everyone yeah but um yeah for me it's that as well as i need to heal my shit mm. so that my son does not get affected by my trauma Fine. that's yeah. like yeah, that's... yeah generational trauma is something Oof. that's affected me oh, yeah. and I'm very determined Fine. that my son will not have to live with my trauma and he won't have to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Very strong. Sit with that, Ali. Sit with that. <laughs> good. Yeah. It's also like it's a big job. You've got to hear this. Good luck. Hard. Yeah, it's hard to not give our babies trauma because like you're still just human exactly. like we said before. Yeah, yeah. and we like as we've all learned growing up now to the point where we've humanized our parents eh, and how yeah. hard it must have been for them yeah like you know going in his stages he's in now yeah and he's yeah. only two two yeah 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 <laughs> two and i'm like oh yeah yeah but don't, I think, look. Yeah, <laughs> don't look don't look at me but one thing i've i've also um said to his father as well we need to communicate with our son and validate his feelings and allow him to feel what he needs to feel because from our, well, for me, my grandparents that brought me up, it was very much, oh, hard it up. Oh, run it off. Oh, 
stop being stupid stop being dramatic yeah i i heard that even up until last week (laughs) that i'm that i'm being dramatic and it's like no actually you're trying to minimize my mamai and i'm not going to accept that so standing up for ourselves is really huge in those situations but i've always said i need to do things different with my son Mm. i don't want him to feel like he has to hide in his room and cry because he feels sad you know what yeah, like I what, but, yeah I don't want him to feel shy about I love or fuck him out about his that feelings. you want to create a safe space yeah. where you can communicate. Hundred <sighs> percent. I love that, and you know what I love most is like um, that you're crying. <laughs> you know, because even though if you don't, if people some people don't find it natural and it doesn't help them mm. and they get frustrated. That's fine, but I think it also shows that. Um, crying is not a sign of weakness 100%. obviously listening to you that was far from the truth mm. and so like however you feel like sitting with it and allowing it whether it's like tears or mm. whatever it looks like it's it's such um i don't want to say refreshing that's not the right word but it just it makes allows the space to feel more human mm. you know it's reassuring I mean? that it's we're reassuring humans, that we're humans yeah. and i think fundamentally that's what we're all trying to exist in yeah. right yeah. and survive it exactly yeah in uh, rapping oh we need to rap but <laughs> we always want like, <laughs> more wait we need oh, another oh, one bring up so much shit. Uh, part two <laughs> yeah mentioning your crying um the reflective waters um that they reflect upon were her tears yeah wow yeah yeah yeah. they were actually of all the gods every god mm tear was the one that they reflected they over. Reflected over. Yeah, because it's easy to reflect over good shit. Mm. Hey. Oh yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. A good pie. Yeah. We can reflect yes, that was a young pie. Mm. But a hard fight. It's <laughs> mm. like uh, you don't want to face it. Yeah, so it's everyone's tears. Yeah. yeah. Those are the waters. So you're contributing to her. <laughs> Here we go. Take them, take them, take them. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I, I love it. I love this. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. Like, anytime. Yes, thank you so much. And thank yeah. you for your bravery to Hard be able to voice and still going through it. Yeah. Still going through it. And it's, very, it's very real for you yeah. now. I think I'll always go through it, though. Yeah, I think that's the one thing that um, people with anxiety and depression um, and PTSD might have to understand is that um, it could come back at any time. Mm. It's and just the, how you get stronger, more resilient, yeah. and the way that you... Um, learn to live with it. Right. That's it. Mm. Like living with it because you're not like trying to cure it. Mm. Just, that's a party. That's mm. who you are, right? So and you don't want like, that expectation. Yeah. Because yeah. I think expectations also require disappointment. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like when I stop putting expectations on myself of I need to get rid of this bad memory or this bad PTSD bout or my depression and my anxiety, but then it would come back and I would go, yeah, I'd dip right. right down. So for me, I've learned to live with it. Uh, and I'm doing pretty damn good. Yeah, <laughs> you are. You, you uh, are. Absolutely. Wait a Yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> and hold on to your baby. Yes. 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 My little baby. <laughs> because I think joy is really important in this as much as sadness and yeah. feeling all that thing. Like, mm. both these things can be true at the same time yeah. as we exist. So, I, yeah, thank you so much for being That's with right. us. Anytime. Thank you. Lovely. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> Wrap up. Later. Oh. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> I feel, yeah. I feel so. I feel good after that call to talk to that with you. Yeah. It feels really. I feel good for you. Like I don't know why. I just feel like you're a very strong person. You're gonna make it. Thank you. <laughs> make it good for your son anyway. Mm. Yeah, you're the man. You're the man. <laughs> oh, yeah. The right. woman. Thank you very much. <laughs> love, love, love.
Later. Bye. Kijk uit. Aan de vervaardiging. Catch you on the next one. See ya.